Well, that was awkward. <laughs> Today, I just did my first live um, post on Facebook again after being, you know, vacated in the space of social media um, and live streams and stuff probably at least over a year ago, potentially even more. And I did it. I thought, oh, stuff it, you know. I'm not the saviour for everybody in Māori land, definitely not. But I have a platform of about 15 to 16,000 followers. And that doesn't mean that I'm popular. That means that people want to know. People want to talk about the subject of whenua Māori, home ownership, of pathways for us um, out of being tenants on our own whenua. So I've been thinking um, over the last few days, weeks, that I need to get over myself and come back and nurture this space and find some way to be back with everybody. If it means that I can't handle the jandal anymore and that it's not for me, then maybe I can find a way to share the platform for others, something. But not to be an ungrateful little tart, which I'm sure my husband looks at me and feels that way. He thinks, you're ungrateful sod. Some people work, you know, so hard just to get a hundred followers and um, and you just you know neglect your following so here I am today and I gave it a go and you know it's actually with something really positive to share something quite epic and huge I think is that we are about to launch this is the Te Arua Collective a small collective of four of us um, not led by me I'll be that that's something I cannot take credit this is led by other people who when we go public and they give me permission I would definitely share their names and profiles eh? and their achievements um, but it's epic it is we're about to sow the seed for a lender you know a credit union that lends money to Māori families um, to build homes on Māori land and to add to that to use investment from Māori entities so rather than these Māori entities putting their funds into ANZ, Westpac's, BNZ's and as term deposits I think basically we can say they're all Australian banks really and instead putting them into our uh, A credit union, our credit union that we're launching or if not their own their own credit unions create their own lending um, frameworks to be able to invest their money get a return on it but the end user is the borrowers from their own iwi and hapu who are wanting to build on their own land right they're starting to complete the loop of our money and our circling and our within our own economy so we are empowering ourselves eh, to resolve our own issues um, instead of the topic being always talking about colonization because it's true but we're all a bit tired we're now wanting to know eh, what are the strategies out of it yeah so yeah today was about being awkward and doing it anyway and pushing the live button so I've shared a survey um, so today I think is the 3rd of December I've shared a link to a survey um, if you hear this podcast first if you wouldn't mind going to my um, Indigenuity Facebook page and Nez White Indigenuity Facebook page or uh, my Instagram Nez White 
Indigenuity Instagram page. So if you go to either of those profiles, you'll see a link either in the posts or in the bio. If you can click that and complete the survey, it will be so, we will so be grateful for you contributing and being a part of this this movement. Uh, Anyway, but this episode is about being awkward. I have, since I've been doing this work, I've always felt a necessary need to acknowledge tapu and noa. And I'm not a tohunga in this, I'm not the best person to speak on this matter. But I will share that it was an intrinsic part of our home, as I think it is with most Māori homes. I think that's how you know you're a Māori home or a Māori family or, you know, whatever. It's not about your quantum of blood or anything like that. It's about the intrinsic aspects of your family life and that shapes how you see the world. What is your normal? And my normal was that some things are tapu and some things are noa. It's hard to put them into black and white categories because you just know. And one of the things I came into this knowing was that, okay, I might not be going to people's whenua, to people's land, to their urupa, to their ancestral lands. I might not be sitting in on their whānau hui. I might not be privy to their conversations, the tapu conversations or the history, the heavy histories from their whenua or from their families and their whakapapa. However, Purely by being involved in the space, putting myself on a platform like social media or Facebook to have these conversations with people, whānau out there, and for them to engage with me, whether that's to have a hui, a consultation, send me a message, send me an email, anything like that. Me setting, you know, putting out there that they, people can have expectations of me, that I can help them to achieve something and then their expectations actually being reciprocated and saying, okay, then sister, help me. Intrinsically, I knew that just by engaging in all of that, I was going to expose myself to heavy, to heaviness, to, to, to taumaha. Hey. Some people might say tapu, that's not tapu, that's just heavy. Well, same thing, you know, if just for simplicity. Tapu talk is going to happen. And again, intrinsically, I knew from home life that if I dare engage in this space, I would have to know how to whakawātea. Hey. Whakairia te tapu. And that also sometimes I wouldn't be able to. That no matter what my uh, my intent is, that sometimes things will be burdens on me that I can't lift. Yeah, this is really, so I suppose, a reflection. How has that played out for me? Um, partly, I carry on anyway you know find things a bit too heavy for me 
uh, realize I've made, I've out, um, what do you call that thing? I've set expectations that are actually above what I can achieve or expectations that are beyond me. Expectations, I've set the bar higher than I'm capable of and that's not me having negative talk. I think I feel like I'm maturing now that I'm just about 40 and realizing my mortality and that there are other ways um, to be a part of good things without being a hero. You know what I mean? A hero, quote unquote hero, where you do things on your own. So quite funny, you know, I've read these memes and these, you know, different places, audio books and everything that talk about how um, ultra independence, ultra independent behavior is a form like a trauma response. Eh? It's when you have felt let down by people in the past or hurt. And so in response to that, you decide or take a pathway of being ultra independent. I don't need help. I don't need anybody. I can do this. And self, is it self-flagellating? Is that what it's called? When you punish yourself, you know, you whip yourself and commit to things that are more than you can handle, more than I can handle on my own. Yeah. Those expectations that others could place on me or have placed on me are my own. That's my kotaku here. You know, that's kotaku here. That was my mistake. And I'm learning from it. And so the cool thing is, is I've been absent from the, the social media to focus on what drives me to do for, to, to engage in this behavior. And so um, without being too, what do you call it, cerebral about it and overthinking it, I think it's one part whakahihi. Not because I am whakahihi, I don't think as a person... But I think A-type behavior is encouraged in our society and I have lapped that up as a sponge, you know, and headed in that direction as a people pleaser. Not right now I'm a people pleaser, but I have had that behavior for a good majority of my life. And I am just about done with it. I'm done with it. And I just want to be an authentic version of myself which is uh, quite scared, often weak, like, um, when I say weak, not negative weak, I'm just weaker than I portray myself or convey myself to be. I have um, less energy, less capabilities and less skills than I maybe convey myself to be, but I have all the intent and the desire to achieve what I say and how I convey myself to be. You know, I want to be strong, I want to be reliable, I want to have a zest for life that achieves good things with people and for other people. But accepting my limitations is feeling really exciting. Yeah. But I'm just learning to admit it. So that includes, no, I can't do that right now or I'm sorry I've just had a baby and I can't think straight 
or I'm really not that good at managing um, so much work and can I have help? Um, nope, I can't take any bookings until 2023 because I am swamped, you know? Or how about I I just want to hang out with my baby and my big sons and my husband. I... I feel, um, oh, how about this one? This one's a good one. This one's actually quite truthful. I am too scared to go on social media right now because I don't want to be seen. Yeah? I don't want to be seen because I'm nervous about who is seeing me. Because um, there are people, there might be women, and there's been the case a couple of women in the past who have taken my social media, for example, and um, just a woman, they're people, hey, why say woman, they're people, do you know, use the information that I'm speaking about in it, whether it's about my family, uh, my whereabouts, my aspirations, whatever I'm doing, and they've used it to undermine me um, for their own gain, you know, to convey me out, to make me out to be something I don't feel I am. <sighs> so, like, grow up, there's, like, who cares? That's exactly what social media does. There's the good and the bad. There's the good impressions of you, the good things people say, and the fans and stuff, and the people who don't like you and don't want to be a fan and want to take it and use it as a weapon, not a tool, you know? what the hell am I you know when I'm really started to feel about it lately think about it the last few days I'm like worrying about the the social media and people like that or anything is a form of arrogance it is it is about me not wanting to engage in the completeness and the fullness of life you know wanting to give up I'd rather choose nothing if I can't have just the good. And I'd, actually, I'm not, not saying I just want the admiration and the good comments. No, I don't look at any comments most of the time now. But I, I, as a person, this is not just the social media, I tend to be so worried about pressure, stress, strain, and concerned about people's displeasure or anger that I would rather give up all of the good and have nothing than to accept the fullness of the truth, which is that there is good and there is bad. There is negative, there is positive. And what if the negative is not even negative, it's just opposite to me? Yeah? That's where I'm at, where I've I've had to realize that um, there's a bit of my personality that is black and white, I'm an absolute mindset person where if it's not what I think, then it's against me. Hmm. I'm not sure if you're still following my now. I'm sure it's very boring and I apologize, but I'm trying to chew this over together because coming back and showing gratitude to people who listen to my voice is important. There are 15,000 people following my Facebook page. 
those are people who over the time have given me their um, their following, their trust, their loyalty, their interest. People do so much just to get would do so much just to get that sort of level of loyal following, and it is rude. I, it is not my responsibility to make people happy, but it is rude not to show gratitude for the authentic following that I have. These are authentic people. Um, and I've taken to obviously coming here through a podcast eh, to speak to you all, uh, to speak to people, a very small number. So I will continue to do that, but coming, stepping back into the social media space is something that I'm going to try and do as well alongside this podcast so it was awkward and I'm learning to overcome my obviously huge ego that stops me from seeing the good the positive and to show gratitude for what I have Instead of trying to throw it all away and have nothing just to preserve my inflated (laughs) sense of self.